Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us today on this Monday. Hope that you had a lovely weekend. We have officially entered the holiday week, Christmas, coming up this Saturday. Merry Christmas to all of our Locked On Blue Devils Listeners, coming up on today's show, we've got a conversation with Candace Cooper, the host of Locked on ACC, about all things Blue Devils. Duke with a win over the weekend against Elon. How exciting that was. Candace Cooper joins us now. Locked on Blue Devils here today. JJ Jackson hanging out with Candace Cooper, our fine host from Locked on ACC, to discuss everything going on in the Duke Athletics world and around the Atlantic Coast Conference. Also, do want to let you know, of course, That today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow Candice on Twitter at Candice D. Cooper. And uh, keep up with all the latest Locked On Blue Devils. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as we welcome Candice Cooper into the program here on this holiday week, Candice, we've got a lot to catch up on. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for taking time to chat with me today. Yeah, JJ, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk with you. I know it's always strange for people when they're like, Candice is actually joining Lockdown Bluetooth. Of course, I love hanging out with my guys. It's always a good time. It is a good time for sure. So let's catch up. Let's get to it. Obviously, since yeah. we last spoke, the football season came to a close. It did not go well for Duke, finishing with a 3-9 and nine record. We talked about the decision to move on from David Cutcliffe. Now we know who the next head coach is going to be, and it's Mike Elko coming over the Texas A&M defensive coordinator. What do you think of that, Candace? You know, I think Mike Elko really has the sense of what it means to be a part of a university that's very much academic first driven, you know, coming that Wake Forest background. Notre Dame background, you know that academics are definitely <laughs> top of the line, so he'll fit right in with Duke there. It's very safe hire. I think that Nina got it right, not trying to do too much controversy when it comes to Duke football, but understanding that you need to get near the winning categories, as you see with most of the rest of the sports, right? Everyone has, you know, medals on medals, ACC titles on ACC titles, and Duke football is dead last in our conference. So it was very much high time to figure out who can take Duke to the level which we see, you know, similar and always compared to Wake Forest. They were able to have almost damn near an undefeated season. So I think that Mike is going to have to really get into that recruiting battle. A lot of the local schools, especially with Carolina, NC State, and um, Wake Forest. I think he has the tools, though, to really understand what uniqueness is about Duke. And I think that's fun for Blue Devil fans who are very much diehard football people. Coming from Texas A&M, he understands winning culture. He knows what it's going to take to be successful, and it's not new to him. So I think that's something exciting that people should be excited about. All right, so I want to dig a little deeper there. Again, Candace okay. Cooper is joining us on the program. You talk about the academic background, and that, of course, is something that a lot of people want to bring up, his coaching ties. Also, the fact that he was a player at Penn – was a part of an Ivy League championship team at Penn as well and kind of knows what that looks like from the rigorous standpoint of being a student athlete. Candice, you were also a student athlete in the (laughs) ACC 
at the yeah. University of North Carolina. We talk about that a lot, but what does that really mean, Candace, for those like myself that honestly don't know what kind of a balance is needed and how, like, what is the role of a coach in all of this and why is that so important? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very much about support. Like when you go to recruit guys and you want to get the best players involved, but you also are aware and cognizant of the fact that they're going to have to pass challenging classes at places like Duke and Carolina, you know that you're going to have to see them be successful in all facets of their life, right? So I think that's a big part of it and a key because being a student athlete is a full-time job. It's very demanding. And like, you know, being a swimmer that I was in college, I thought that was a lot getting up at 5.30, but I didn't have to go memorize the playbook. I just had to do a set, right? Something that someone already provided for me, but having to go watch film and then have to go out and practice, you know, whatever that needs to do for that weekend, then go back and watch more film and then try and go to study hall and eat and oh, have a social life. I can only imagine what it's really like to be a football player. Oh, and the fact that you have to like, win every week or someone's going to really be in your mentions like nobody was in my mentions mind you you know twitter wasn't that big back then who i'm telling myself but (laughs) you know i think it's just really different now and there's so many eyeballs all the time and you're trying to really manage young men to be successful on and off the field and that's a full-time commitment as well as all the pressure that you get behind the donors who want to see you do well and all that what have you so i think elko kind of knows what's in front of him and that's why I feel like, you know, the first couple of years, we'll see more success than we won't see, if that makes sense. From your days as a student athlete, of course, you were close with other student athletes and have got to know some from your years as a journalist and covering them and that sort of thing. I mean, Candace, is that something that's out there? Are there a breed of coaches in whatever sport that, for whatever reason, truly don't understand the aspect of academics? Or are we just kind of making this a bigger talking point than it needs to be? Oh, no, I think there are plenty of people who want you to be a student athlete first as I hold up my second finger. A student, they say student first, and they hold up two fingers, and an athlete second, they hold up one finger because they want you to be athlete all the time and make sure that when it comes to being on the practice field, you don't think about anything. If you fail the test, blah, blah, blah. They don't want none of that. So I, yeah, it's very There are coaches people, out there like that, okay. <laughs> yes, there are coaches that could care less as long as you meet above board and you're able to perform and you meet eligibility requirements, if you learn something along the way, great, which is unfortunate because I think a lot of guys miss out on opportunities to be successful in the classroom. But again, some coaches really just want you to come and show that product on the field. And if you happen to learn something along the way, great. <laughs> so we're, we're obviously talking about Mike Elko, who does understand the academic side of things uh, and will be an added bonus in that regard to the Duke Athletic Department. Coming on the defensive side of the ball, a unit that was not good whatsoever for Duke this past year. It's funny. You look at all of the college coaches out there and sort of the the history that schools have flipping back and forth between the sides of the ball, right? For Duke, you've got Carl Franks, who's known as more of an offensive guy. Then Ted Roof comes in. He's a defensive coordinator. Then David Cutcliffe is a quarterback's coach and an offensive guy. Now we've got Mike Elko on the defensive side. It's always this back and forth, it feels like, so to speak. Manny Diaz being a defensive guy, now we're bringing in this offensive line coach and offensive-minded man in Mario Cristobal to take over that Hurricane program. 
It's strange right. to me that that always appears to be the trend in college football, that it's like, hey, we had this offensive guy. It didn't work, so maybe we just need to change the head coach to be a defensive-minded guy, when in actuality they're not doing a lot of that because they've got to be the CEO. They've got to shake hands. They've got to <laughs> mingle and that sort of thing and let their coordinators handle the job. But isn't it odd to kind of think about the head coaching and the mindset that we flip back and forth? Oh, 100%. I think people don't really understand all that goes into being a head coach. It's so much more about the schmoozing and the kisses, babies, and it is about making sure you're on the field. Like you, don't, you don't necessarily have to deal with the day-to-day of the players. You've got player development coaches. You know, they're different position coaches. Don't, they're not necessarily in the nitty-gritty, but if something goes down, they're the first name that gets called, right? So you absolutely are right when it comes to people wanting to switch over, you know, let's have a defensive-minded, offensive-minded guy. And I think ultimately, where's the well-rounded? Where's the full balance person, right? right. So I think that's something to where, like, do you pick a guy who played defense in college but ends up being a quarterback guru? Like, who knows? It's always up in the air and very dicey. But I think it's important that, again, you get someone who understands what it means to be the head coach and then they, how they can trickle down in terms of delegation. Because however – good your coordinators are is really how successful the team will be. Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC hanging out with us here on today's show, talking about Mike Elko, the newest head football coach for Duke. Uh, won a lot of people over by the press conference, wanting to and, and did say the right things, did talk about Duke being a brand bigger than basketball. Obviously, it's a university that's always going to have basketball come first, and that's not going to change, but is saying the right things right out of the gates. Ultimately, Candace, you said this was a safe hire. Do you think that Mike Elko can get a Duke football program back to being competitive and back to winning, say, six, seven games a year in the ACC? Well, you know, any man that understands you got to get the Cam and Crazies involved clearly understands the school, right? He <laughs> understands the kids and how he's going to relate to them best. I and mean, he's absolutely right. You're going to have to get student support and people that genuinely want to come out and watch the games. When he, when I saw him at the basketball game and seeing that kind of nudge from Coach K and that nod of approval, that's half the battle right there, right? If, if Coach K is good with it, everybody's good with it, right? So I think right. that's going to be so important for him to really get people to buy in. But again, there are very real Blue Devil football fans out here. So it's going to be interesting to see how they take to him. And I think as you see some of the loyal fans really stay dedicated, then you'll see more of the novice fans really buy in as well. Let's talk a little bit about Duke basketball with Candace Cooper here from Locked On I can't wait to get into this, Candace. But first, <laughs> I want to tell people about our friends over at Prize Picks. It's college football bowl season. As we wrap up our college football conversation, uh, unfortunately, Duke is not a part of bowl games this year. Hopefully, in years to come, they'll get back into the swing of things as Prize Pick is the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard of. It offers any prop that you can think of. For example, in basketball, you could play points, rebounds, assists, three pointers made, and more. All of the users using a uh, promo code locked on 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Continuing to move forward here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. I'm pleased to be joined by a very good friend, Candace Cooper. 
as here we are 11 games into the season, another Monday, and the Duke basketball team ranked number two in the entire land in the AP poll. Three games for Duke basketball this past week. They won all of them, and now they've got their eyes set on Virginia Tech come Wednesday in their first ACC game of the year. What's your thoughts on Duke basketball, Candace? Well, you know, I have said many times on Locked on ACC that I think Duke is the standard this season. They are certainly the litmus test for how everyone else is going to fare. So how everyone, how everyone else does against them, it'll be their shot to see if they make their opportunity into the NCAA tournament. And I feel like it's Duke and everybody else, which is fine. I made peace with that as a Carolina grad. It's cool. I watched the Carolina-Kentucky game, the same Carolina Duke, same Kentucky team that Duke had their way with. So if any, that's anything to tell us how the ACC is overall. It's going to be a long season. But, no, I think Paolo Bancaro is as advertised. Keels is doing his thing. I think it's just a matter of when you get into ACC play, how are they going to either help everyone, make everyone look a little bit better, or they're going to really reveal just how much our team, our other teams are struggling this season. Yeah, th- this team is really impressive. You mentioned the star freshman, Wendell Moore Jr., has yep. been a difference maker for Duke basketball. In my opinion, he's the leading front runner for ACC Player of the Year right now. I mean, he's been that damn good for this Duke basketball team. And as he goes, Duke goes. Uh, an mm-hmm. area where, where Duke, you kind of look offensively, defensively, they're top 10 in the country and pretty much everything, Candace. Like, this is a really good basketball team. I'm not breaking any news telling you that. The one area right. where they've kind of struggled, though, is an interesting one. As uh, Duke right now is 152nd in the entire country in rebounding margin, which is really funny to think about when you think about someone like Paolo Benchero being six foot ten, Mark Williams is seven one, Theo John is a big body on the inside, right. and for whatever reason, Duke constantly wins a game by 25 points. But you look, and they were out rebounded by 12, 13. I mean, it just does not make sense why they're not able to rebound the basketball. And if there's one thing we know about the North Carolina Tar Heels, particularly the Roy Williams era, they're going to rebound the snot out of the basketball. And uh, Duke just hasn't followed suit this year. It's interesting. but if, Yeah, but if they can't defend or they can't get to the actual rim, then it's going to be a long day for those Tar Heels. But, yeah. you know, we can, we, we can talk about that matchup down the line. I do yeah. think, though, it speaks to how good Duke's offense really is and how they're able to – really overcompensate from that end and how they'll continue to do so as we move forward through the season. You're only going to get sharper. A lot of us are talking about, oh, well, it's still early. Don't count teams out. With Duke, we don't have that same conversation, (laughs) right? They're like, are they going to taper off? Can they finish strong when it comes to tournament time? Because as we talked about, you know, earlier in the season with the cramping issues and just the fatigue that it might get some of the star players, is that going to turn up? It's ugly head when you get to the ACC tournament, when you get to NCAA tournament, when you have to play all those games, AAU style, right? Back to back to back. Yeah, no, I mean, look, this team's got a lot on on paper. It looks like a really talented team. You're right. It just comes down to when you get to tournament time, can you put together some wins? Going to be different. Duke now gets set for Virginia Tech to open up ACC play. Then they've got Clemson right after the Christmas break as well. They are the last team. Every other team in the ACC has already played a conference game except for Duke. And, you know, anything can happen in the ACC. I think it would be foolish to sit here even as the best team in the conference right now and say Duke's going to go undefeated. That just doesn't happen. 
that frequently in this conference. Uh, but yeah. I do feel good about Duke's chances going in. And uh, you feel pretty good about Duke closing out the new year with a couple of ACC wins? Or could you see them hitting a bump in the road this week against Virginia Tech? Well, I don't think Virginia Tech is the one where I would be nervous about. I think where you get like maybe the sneakily upsets would be the Wake Forests of the world yeah. or, you know, the Carolinas just because of rivalry. Everyone right. plays differently. But other than that, like Virginia Tech, who started out really interesting during the season and we're supposed to have a lot of hope for them because of their senior leadership and their veterans on their squad. They haven't exactly been the team that's lived up to those expectations. But again, still time. Unfortunately, we're just looking at other teams that we have to give them a little more grace than we do Duke. Yeah, look, we hope that uh, obviously things go in Duke's favor to kick off the year. We'll see what happens once we get into ACC competition moving forward and that sort of thing. Did you see this past weekend, Candace, how much of a struggle it was for Duke to find a third game on Saturday? Were you kind of following along with that? <laughs> no, I literally was like, okay, Elon, cool, but will it be Elon? Let's give it an hour. <laughs> Things could change. Are they testing them or are they just rolling? It's so crazy that we live in this time now where you just have to cross your fingers and hope for the best. As I was talking about ACC hoops today and how Carolina had to go all the way out to Vegas only to play someone totally different. I'm sure that was the reason why they got blown out, but in general, are we going to see this more and more as we're heading into the holiday season where people are traveling and trying to quote unquote be safe? I don't want to see a repeat of the what year ago where we had right. the ACC tournament and Florida State had to win by default. Like, I would really love to see a full tournament. <laughs> right. No, that, that's most important. Obviously, the forfeiture rule is also yeah. something that's being discussed once you get into ACC play. Uh, here we are on this Monday talking about Duke Athletics a win on Saturday versus uh, versus Elon for the men's basketball team. The women's basketball team for Duke, that with North Carolina, were the only two undefeated teams in the entire conference uh, right. before Duke lost to number one South Carolina this past Wednesday. Duke had a game yesterday on the women's side of things versus Miami, and they won. So they're now 1-0 mm-hmm. and in ACC play. But I then remind you that Miami didn't play. Duke won by forfeit. <laughs> because Miami had health and safety protocols for COVID-19 in their program, and so Duke wins by forfeit. You like that? I'd love to ask you. No, I think that we're – I mean, I think I understand why they have to do it because we have to keep pushing because that's just the nature of sports and business, but that's a whole other thing. But I would love to know your thoughts on Coach Kara Lawson and her era and how she's changing things around for these women who historically have a great program, right? Right, right. No, for sure. Um, We need to do this more on Locked on ACC, too, because there are some (laughs) – I mean, the ACC up and down, like on women's – my my word, the year they're having with Georgia Tech beating UConn the way they did and NC State being in the top five and Louisville's had a really good run. and uh, But, no, Kara's awesome. Uh, I think everyone's buying into what she's been able to do. Um, so far and obviously people remember her from her playing days and then remember her from being uh, a women's assistant coach at the NBA level and it's about time that they're given that kind of respect and love and praise and you know some people might have had thoughts oh she was coaching NBA players now can she go back and coach um, you know women's college basketball absolutely she can what yeah Um, and the fact (laughs) that doing uh, it well (laughs) right a year ago only got to coach four games. Remember, Duke was three and one, and then they decided that their entire women's basketball program was going to cancel the rest of the season for women's hoops. So I, for one, I'm the Duke guy, Candace, here on the Duke (laughs) podcast. I've been following Carol Lawson and what she's been getting into, but it sounds like you've been kind of keeping up as well 
which is cool. Oh to see. yeah. Oh yeah. I love Kara Lawson. I think that her air, it's like just listening to her speeches, following Duke women's basketball content, like just, you can tell she's really bought into what Duke you know, means in terms of the basketball brand. But when you look at just the landscape of ACC, I mean, NC state, my God, Carolina is still undefeated beating Boston college by only three. Like, it's just so exciting to see women from like yellow, the yellow jackets out of Georgia tech seeing Kubaj do her thing. And it's going to be, I mean, we talk about men all the time, but it's like Duke and everybody else. We talk about ACC <laughs> on the women's side. It's a little more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. No doubt. no doubt. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we wrap up with Candace Cooper right after this. As we take this break, I want to let you know about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Our show today is also brought to you by Built Bar. Boy, oh boy, do I love Built Bar. It's so delicious, and this time of year for the holidays, you've got to let Built Bar treat you right. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, as it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Giving you the extra fuel, you need to tell Santa to throw in a few more Built Bars in your stockings this year. Our offer today for you, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. As we begin to wrap up today with Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC, want to touch on a couple of other topics. I mentioned briefly a little bit earlier talking about our friends uh, from over at Prize Picks, Candace, that we're getting ready, and we already are to a certain degree, in the heart of college football bowl season. The Duke Blue Devils do not get to participate with a 3-9 and nine record. I'm curious, what are some of the bowl games from the ACC perspective that you're looking forward to? Oh, yeah. Listen, the Military Bowl, you start out with Boston College in East Carolina. If you are a North Carolina native, you're just excited to see any bowl games, really, from North Carolina teams. Right. But I think also you look at NC State traveling all the way out to California, it'll be fun for them. Will they travel well? It'll be unique to see. Carolina, what do you think? Do you think they will? I think, I think NC State travels well for a local, like my saw the Wake Forest. NC State game, I have never seen so many fans <laughs> from an opposing side in my, all my life. But, you know, I think California's a little far. <laughs> it's a little far in COVID, right? So it's a little bit of a hike. But also the, the least interesting one would be Carolina and South Carolina, which I'm pissed because, I mean, I'm going because I support my squad. But also we could have gotten a better bowl. Deuce Mayo and Charlotte, like, just come <laughs> on. They could have, they could have, they could have landed better, but that's just really on the team. So I blame them mostly. You think North Carolina wins that game? You know, Beamer is really doing well over there for he the is. Gamecocks. It's a hit or miss. You don't know what team you're going to get, but that's also the same side on the other side of the ball. You don't know what Carolina is going to step up. I appreciate Sam Howell for giving it one last go. Don't know if he'll stay, but he should not. <laughs> but right. if he does, you know, decide to keep his talents there, it'll be an interesting year. But. Why not go out for one more? See Mac Brown get some mayo on his face. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, we've got number twelve Pittsburgh, number ten Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. 
And then number 17, Wake Forest, number 25, Texas A&M, and the Gator Bowl. Uh, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest are not – they're the underdogs in their bowl games. But what do you think about Pitt and the Peach Bowl and then uh, Wake Forest and the Gator Bowl? Well, you know, not having Kenny Pickett as he's decided to forego the bowl to pursue the draft. I think it will be unique to see what Pitt could potentially look like, although they are looking to transfer portal for quarterback. I've heard some rumblings. Don't know who's confirmed yet. But also – Wake Forest having Sam Hartman and his decision to return to Wake Forest that'll be exciting for them and just kind of how they roll I know the championship game was just not a reflection of how he wants his career Mm -hmm. at Wake Forest to end so it's just really exciting and plus Pitt will play a Michigan State that's not going to have Kenneth Walker the third so there boom you're you're in a good spot (laughs) a lot to remain to be seen about how that'll go what do you think about the players opting out of the bowl games you know, I'm fine with doing whatever's best for you because at the end of the day, I'm never going to see a million dollars off the strength of me being a swimmer. So, you know, if you want to go make millions to, you know, be a professional athlete, who am I to sit here and judge, right? Like, I think never counting another man's bread. Why start now? Right. <laughs> but overall, I think it's just really, I'm a team person. So I would compete just because I love competition. I love, you know, being a part of something bigger than me. But I also just cannot – I let everyone do what they got to do for themselves. I can't yeah. sit here and say if, if my brother was in a situation, I'd be like, yeah, let's go make some money. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So. Right. No, we first Definitely saw this – Definitely up to you. We first saw this become a topic of conversation uh, back when, when Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette were coming out in the NFL draft yeah. in the same year. And both of those guys wound up being top ten draft picks, and both of them chose not to play in their bowl games. Christian McCaffrey and Stanford were set to play – your North Carolina Tar Heels in the bowl game, and then ultimately McCaffrey decided not to play. That was, what, five, six years ago at this point? And we're still you know, having this JJ, conversation every single year. Let's keep it honest. I'm pretty sure McCaffrey made the right decision because God knows how he's fared in the NFL already. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty dicey about him being I, healthy, so I think he knew what was up. I was hoping to do this entire podcast and not get sad about my Carolina Panthers. And here we are, Candace. So we were able to accomplish that. This was great. Candace, you are amazing as always. I really do appreciate the time. I plugged the Twitter a little bit earlier, but give folks sort of a rundown of what you got cooking over there at Locked on ACC. Yeah, a lot of basketball talk these days as we are gearing up for what should be a really interesting but famous way as football season for our conference. I don't know if we're going to be crabs in a barrel taking each other down but it all makes it fun so you guys follow at locked on ACC on Twitter you can follow me at Candace D. Cooper and we can keep things rolling JJ it's always a pleasure to talk to you my friend absolutely Candace we'll talk again soon okay no doubt all right that is Candace Cooper joining us here today on locked on blue devils what a great show it was we're back tomorrow with more fun as always go do I'll talk to you tomorrow my name is JJ Jackson thank you and good day